0: Shan here with the brilliant Jenna Baker for our first podcast of the year around our um, our focus this week, which is Yoga Atanasana. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. How that's would you great. say that? Yoga Atayoganasana. There we nailed it. Mm. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, would you like to expand on what that means? Yeah. So
1: ha- welcome. Hopefully if you're listening to this, it's basically the new year. Right? Um, The beginning of all things. And Yoganasanam is the first sutra in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. So it's basically, as with all things Sanskrit, there's like 10 different translation variations you can go with. But the one I've always used and the one I like is now begins the practice of yoga. So in its simplest form, that's what it means. It means we're here and we're about to practice
0: yoga. So we have this actually on our door. As you walk into oh, the yeah. practice indie, um, maybe talk a little bit about who exactly was Patanjali. I think his name gets thrown around, but unless you've done a two hundred hour yoga teacher training, and even then, you may still have not have heard of him. Like, who is he, she, they? And yeah. and what is this in reference to?
1: Yeah, so Patanjali is was maybe an author of the yoga sutras. And the reason we say is maybe was is because we're not 100% clear because yoga comes from a tradition that was fundamentally an orally transmitted tradition. Um, we don't know if Patanjali fully existed. There are a lot of mythologies around who Patanjali was. Um, It could have been that he was a single great yogi who said, I'm gonna distill all of this information from the very vast resources that are available in South Asian um, literature. And I'm gonna create this single book of 196 sutras. And a sutra, for anybody who doesn't know, is basically an aphorism. It comes from the same root as the word suture. So it's like a small thread or a stitch. um, So it's a small self-contained thing that's serving a purpose uh, which of course is literally an aphorism so he according to many mythologies said I love all of this content that we have from the Vedas (laughs) but it's so large no one no single person can deal with it because again nothing was written down and Patanjali said I'm going to distill all of this into a single sutra form to be clear too there are many different sutras so Mm -hmm. That's another, like, common misconception in the West because we're so deep in the Patanjali world. We think, like, if we say the sutras, we think, oh, it must mean Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. There are so many sutras. It is a, it is a form of literature from South Asia. So basically, Patanjali at some point, or the artist formerly known as Patanjali, or the, <laughs> the you know, the boy band known as Patanjali, got together and said, hey, I'm going to write all this down. It could be like the Bible in the sense that it had a bunch of authors. It could have had just one, we don't really know. Uh, But we do know that at some point these ideas, these aphorisms, these threads of knowledge got written down and then given to students who came to study yoga um, for Patanjali or his devotees or his students or groups of students. And so eventually they got written down. Eventually they got translated to English. Um, The thing about sutras in Sanskrit is everything is like really up for debate. So there are a ton of versions of this yoga sutras you could read. Um, And so you can start on just a yoga sutra journey and read so many different hot takes. Um, But yeah, Patanjali was a guy that maybe existed, maybe didn't. (laughs)
0: He <laughs> could <I'd> be fake. <laughs> I kind of attribute him to, like, William Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, like, Billy Shakespeare. Do we yeah. know? Was there a Billy? will never I mean, die.
1: I'm pretty much on the side that, like, Edward de Veneer is, like, the, the Oop- actual Shakespeare. Billy. Yeah, I mean, I'm straight up on the, on that team, but there are many people who don't believe
0: that. I feel there had to have been, a, if it wasn't some, this is a fucking tangent, but if, wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't an influence, it was directly, uh, partially written by a woman because there's so much Ooh, there's so date. much of what William Shakespeare yeah uh, what he talks about that like is is very feminine yeah in, oh, um, yeah but also masculine, I, I just feel like, I just feel like he had to at least have had an influence. Anyway, I sidebar. mean, this is why sidebar.
1: Edward D. Veneer is a, is a good, or Edward Veneer or whatever. He's like some lord. He was like really close to Queen Elizabeth, but he was basically bisexual and totally doing gender nonconformity way before anyone yes, was, was doing word. it. So yes, straight I mean, again, sidebar. That's why I think he's legit, maybe Shakespeare, okay. because there are receipts on him being like, "I'm gonna wear dresses now. This is fine." <laughs> well, Don't maybe you worry Patanjali
0: about it. had like a similar, you know, vibe. Oh my god, on. please let that be true. Because <laughs> what I what I do love about Patanjali is that you know it it is attributed more to the aesthetic point of view that we're going to yeah. recede from the world, but you can read translations from mm-hmm. a more like tantric perspective, yes. and it still reads. Yeah, you know, like you can still. Not all of it, but most of it you can still parlay it into like a, a life affirming yoga practice oh, instead yeah. of a renunciant yoga practice. I mean, what is beautiful
1: about the sutra format? Just like what's that there's a line from Amelie where one of the characters is like, I only trust people who say like parables or proverbs mm. where she's and so she quizzes the guy that's about to like get with Amelie and she's like, Can you finish all of these proverbs? I think like that, the sutra format is about the ability to teach in a way that's open for interpretation, which is fundamentally a mechanism to teach people self-critical, like critical thought themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like the yoga sutras then can be interpreted different ways. They can be seen through lenses that are no less valid than whatever Patanjali meant or didn't mean. There are, you know, there are forms of sutras that are written by women that take a very specific, like, feminine take. There are versions that take, like, a non-dualistic perspective. There are also some that are just, like, straight translations that we're like, we're not deviating, these are just the words. And I think that's why this form of human language and human communication, like, storytelling, because it's still what it is, is really interesting. And, like, that's why it's our opening theme. Mm. Because, like... You have to decide at a certain moment that you're going to practice yoga. And, like, maybe you don't have a 100% clear mechanism on what that means or, like, what that vision is going to translate to. But this sutra tells you that you have the permission to start and it can be interpreted however you want. And I think that's, like, an actual yoga journey. So, for me, like, in my own, like, thought process, it's like, that's why we're starting here. Mm -hmm. So, here, now begins the practice of yoga. This is intended for you to experience it in the way that you're coming to it and for you to like make interpretations and to critique yourself and ask questions and do your research and like not to deny your lived experience as you explore it i think that's a really important idea that's encapsulated in the idea of a sutra being the guiding force of yogic study because it's so open
0: yeah i one of the things you said in your blog that i thought was so beautiful was that it's it's a recognition of action or or you said it in in some way that like this sutra is a recognition that we as a as an individual must begin we must yes. take action so yes. do you want to expand on like your your hot take of what this what this potent sutra Means and how that translates into the individual and what the individual's role is in their in their practice. Yeah,
1: so one of the nuances of literature that comes from this culture, and I want to like benchmark this and say, like, I'm not a Sanskrit scholar. I've just talked to one <laughs> <laughs> and like heard them say cool things and like done some study of these these texts. but like one of the nuances of literature that comes from Sanskrit or these cultures, is the idea that scene setting is so important. Like, so what I mean by that is like oftentimes like the storyteller would say, "I'm, we're going to do this thing now and I want you to be prepared for this thing we're gonna do. Some things like plays do this. Mm-hmm. Um, some mythological um, texts out of Greece and Rome also do this. And it's like, I am the person who's going to be guiding you through this story. Here's what we're going to do, but we're all going to agree to do it. It's like that uh, opening line. Mm-hmm. And so that is also really present in a lot of the texts in this culture. And what Patanjali is saying with Yoganasanam is now, in this moment, no matter who you were or who you're going to be or who you're going to forget that you were or who you are going to evolve past, it doesn't matter. But in this moment, because we've come together, we are going to begin the practice of yoga. And I think because beginnings are actually hard, (laughs) right? Like if you've ever wanted to do any sort of deep transformational work, getting started is really tough. Mm -hmm. That you're almost bringing into being the journey you're starting by saying now begins the practice of yoga. And the reality is no journey starts anywhere but in this single moment. You can sit here and say, yeah, but like two years ago I really wanted to do this, but the reality is the moment that you choose to begin and put your heart into it is the moment that the work truly starts. And so Patanjali is kind of dragging you along with him. He's saying like, we're here, now begins the practice of yoga and we're going. And you're kind of like, cool, man, I guess we're starting now. <laughs> 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 I guess we in it. And I think that was probably only exacerbated by, like, this being repeated at the feet of teachers having this, train, like, spoken to one another. Because, like, what you do is you would go learn with a teacher, you would sit at their feet, and they would recite the text to you. So literally every time you recited the yoga sutras, it started with, now begins the practice of yoga. So it's not just a single beginning, but it's the acknowledgement that every time you engage with yoga it's a new beginning also Mm -hmm. that's never ending. And so I don't think it's like probably secret that I'm not a huge Patanjalian fan. Um, If you didn't know that spoiler, but I think this sutra is so powerful. It's the, it's the magic spell you're speaking to the new yoga you that you want to bring forward. Mm -hmm. So like now begins the practice of yoga. Now we come together to expand on the study of yoga. That's another, like, way it's defined. It's like all of that is like we're doing it in this moment. The only time it can
0: actually happen. Mm. Love that. Um, How do we actually begin a yoga practice?
1: Well, first, I mean, you have to want to do it, right? Just with anything, if you don't really want to do it, you're not going to have a super great practice because, spoiler, The more important word in yoga practice is probably practice, right? It's a depth over time. It's a lifestyle choice in a lot of ways, no matter the level of depth you get into it. But in a practical way, I mean, you need to find a good teacher. Like you need to come to your mat or the room or the space with as open a heart as you can and agreeing that yes, now begins the practice of yoga. And you need to find a good teacher And you need to find a little courage, I think, is probably the answer. (laughs) Like, you gotta gotta know that it's it's a journey. And it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But that's Mm -hmm. how you begin. And the thing is, is like, I make it sound like it's dramatic. Those things are actually incredibly accessible to us as humans. Like, if we really get really present and we become really focused on this moment, I think we all have deep wells of courage and a desire to grow no matter what and access to resources that could get us to a yoga practice. So it's just kind of like saying you're going to do it and then turning up and continuing to turn up. But yeah, I mean, I'm always a fan of getting a you know good teacher, uh, asking questions, um, trying to engage with the content on more than just maybe a physical level because that's like a really common thing also. Um, but mostly it's shown up. You
0: start the practice by practicing, which is not a very good answer. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, I think that's like... Uh, You know, this time of year, everybody's buying like new planners and, you know, like redoing their wardrobe and all these things, right? Because I think it's easier to do, sometimes it's easier to do the prep work. Before actually mm-hmm. beginning, you know it's mm-hmm. the the fun part is getting the school supplies. Yeah, the not so fun part is like opening the door on the first day of school to reveal like who your shit classmates are. Or maybe I'm just projecting on no, my own. but that's real. <laughs> like the
1: idea of like preparation. There's so much potential. Yeah, it could the, the thing the journey you're beginning could be anything, and it's there's there's no taint to it in any way, shape, or form. Like it's literally pure, right. and Unmanifested, and it's just pure potential, and that's super great. But like Eckhart Tolle would be like, "Mm, but that's not really how things work. Like the Mm -hmm. only moment that exists is this moment. And so for a lot of people, I think actually then practicing the reality sets in Mm -hmm. and then you realize it's practice. Yeah. So like that's also why I think Patanjali was incredibly brilliant with this line in particular. He's saying, okay, how you plan doesn't matter.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How you think it's going to go doesn't matter. What matters is now we're beginning You do it. Yeah. And now it's happening in this moment. Right. Yoga is happening now because we've said so. So yeah. I mean, no, I think everybody does that. I think that's how like new year's resolutions just go real, real sidebar. Yeah. But also like, I'll say too, as you're talking about like this time of year being particularly magical for this type of work, you're surrounded by people who are bringing that same energy. Yeah. So if this is like, if this, speaks to you as, like, I want to begin a yoga practice or I want to go deeper with my yoga practice. Like, there is no time, like, the beginning of the year because everyone and their mom is trying to manifest something new for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, being in that energy can be incredibly helpful for a new yoga practice or really any practice. Or just getting back to Yeah, coming now. back to your yeah. mat. Like, re-engaging or readjusting the now of when the yoga practice is occurring. Like, this is the time. And, I mean, it's corny, but... That's why people do it. It's the new year.
0: Well, I think, too, that it's it's exciting to start something brand new. Like, babies are exciting. Yeah. Brand new things are exciting. But I think there's merit in realizing that he's also saying that now is a continuation. And now is like, you know, my parents just had their 40th uh, wedding. They reclaimed their vows or they redid their vows because they didn't have a real marriage ceremony. And it's like... After 40 years, now begins Mm -hmm. that practice of loving each other. Mm -hmm. You know that I also think as a practitioner of however many years now that I need the reminder that like, yeah, and I too get to begin again. And I also have to actively claim it every time and while the like luster of the new year is super shiny it dulls quickly mm-hmm. and so this this is such an informative sutra of that you can carry in your pocket at all times like i get to choose right now that i begin even if i've you know fallen off whatever habit wagon i'm trying to develop or whatever but yeah i think it's super brilliant because it's not just for the baby and it's not no. just for the shiny new thing it's for the thing that you've been doing for 40 years but can still choose to actively begin again and and reset and claim that new feeling of of active participation. Yes. And
1: it's like yeah, and then the sutra can expand over time and then when you come back to it even if you have a very strong daily practice, you realize that yoga occurs in every moment, mm-hmm. right? It is literally now. So we're sitting in a room, we're recording a podcast, yoga's happening now too because we've been reminded of that. So like I'm very serious about like this is a I find this to be like a really blessed like mantra in a sense of like it's a magic it's the magic incantation of yoga it's like it's like your your Harry Potter like spell to be like bring yoga into your life in a really tangible way and I just think that's super cool Patanjali got this one really right he nailed it he nailed it he nailed she it. nailed it they nailed, they it. nailed it they it's all nailed 2020 it twenty twenty they. <laughs>
0: Um, Anything else you want to add to to this first sutra and our first focus of the year? I hope that everyone uses this as a
1: jumping off point to begin, whatever you're beginning. Whether it's a yoga thing, a something else thing, keep that beginner's mind and that beginner's spirit. And frankly, your power in choosing to begin, like at the forefront. That's Mm -hmm. what it takes to actually evolve or shift or move forward. So, I hope everybody literally decides that now's the time. Cool. Thanks, Jenna. Bye.